at that point, I was just like, I was like, who am I? It was again, like, who am I? It was another moment of that. And I was talking to the guy that I was dating at the time and living with, and he was like, if I were you, I would just like travel. Because they gave me a good severance package. And um, he was like, I would just take off and travel. And I'm like, of course you would, like Sagittarius. And But then when I sat with that, I was like, yeah, I think, I think I will do that. And so I went on this like road trip and it ended up being six weeks by myself that just took me deeper and deeper and deeper into the, the magic that's there. Welcome to the Body Forward Podcast. I'm Kenzie Burke, your host. I am devoted to living a life that is full of transformation. Like a snake, shedding layers, coming back home to myself and remembering who I really am. I have found that the answers we are often looking for, the freedom we seek to feel, the creative energy we desire, the confidence we would like to embody is not something outside of us, but within us. Our bodies are full of wisdom, remembrance, liberation, and it is here on this podcast where I share my personal journey and conversations with my mentors, friends, and others who are aspirational in living a life full of transformation. Welcome, welcome back to the podcast. This episode is quite the episode. It has now taken us three different chunks and parts to complete this episode. If you watch the episodes on Spotify, you will see that this week does not have a video. And that is because when we were midway through recording this the first time, it came to our attention that one of the cameras didn't hit play. And then we recovered from that. We hit play on the camera. We got some good footage for Instagram. And then when we went to go produce this episode, my producer let me know that the first 30 minutes of this episode was not, um, didn't make it from the memory card to the Dropbox. And the studio that I recorded this at did not have it either, that file. So I had to ask Kristen to come and record the first little intro. And since the first time Kristen and I recorded this episode a few weeks ago, her and I have gotten even closer. And so it was just just getting to know her and I's relationship. We were just kind of laughing because her and I together, we, we just kind of journey together. It's like kind of like a psychedelic journey, um, tapping into each other's fields. And so of course this, this whole episode is just like, what is going on? Where are we going? So I just wanted to be open and honest about that. And I'm going to have her on again and, um, really do a full cohesive video episode because there's so much that her and I have been diving into that I want to share with you guys. And um, so this episode is just getting to know who Kristen Nall is. And we meditate and speak on some amazing topics that I feel are so worthy of being spoken about. And I feel like you as a listener um, are going to really enjoy what we speak about. So yeah, we we 
deep dive. It's hard to even say what is in this episode because like I said, if you, it's like a plant medicine ceremony, this entire episode journey, not ceremony journey. So if you are looking to go on a journey of a conversation, dive into this episode. Kristen Nall is a yoga teacher, bodywork and energy work facilitator. I have now gotten bodywork done by her that has rocked my world. And her and I are going to be doing a womb activation process on me. So we will share a lot about that in a separate episode. But this episode, get to know Kristen, hear her story, hear us talk about absurdity, hear us talk about um, how Kristen really found her truth in what she wanted to do through COVID, which I know so many of us um, have experienced and been through. We talk a lot about God, trust, plant medicine, psychedelics, and yeah, it's just buckle up for a wild ride. And Kristen's a triple Leo. I'm an Aries with about five Aries placements. So let's just have some fun. (laughs) I am here with Kristen, who is, has turned into one of my near and dear friends. And I'm just so happy to share you to the world. (laughs) And just so happy to know you. So with that, I'd love if you would just introduce yourself, give us a little bit of your backstory, what brings you to present moment. Thank you for that. Mm. Yeah, I am, I've had, I mean, we all do, we all have these interesting paths. And for me, grew up in a small town, definitely like grew up around the check boxes, the white picket fence, the, you know, I remember being 18 and like having people ask me about what my plans were for kids and a family. And so it's like, that's the context that I grew up in, um, which is a really like stark contrast as to like what my path ended up being. But um, I went to the University of Texas at Austin and studied psychology and business and actually was preparing to go to law school. And that was a big part of my story up through college and um, just decided kind of last minute that I didn't want more school. <laughs> that, that sounded like that the most, it. it's like, that's not it. It sounded like the most miserable thing ever to just be in school for longer. Um, and so I ended up moving to Dallas, followed a boy there and got a job in sales and was just doing that. I was doing that for seven years, like suits and heels and morning meetings and working from, I mean, I would leave my house at six o'clock in the morning, make the commute to the office. I would have a morning meeting almost every day at 7.30 with my team. And then I'd be working till like eight o'clock at night. Like I remember Black Swan in Dallas had 10 p.m. yoga classes. And I would go to those like frequently because they would be like the only ones that I could make. And it was so important for me to go to yoga like every day. Like I was just living this like lifestyle of just like go, 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 go. Like in the depths of like wounded masculine, when we think about the archetypes, like that's what I was like living in. A lot of survival, a lot of like I was coming out of this really like (laughs) horrendous relationship as well and just was in that mode, just in that mode. Definitely blocked off from my heart. Um, And in 2020, 
COVID came through. Very fond memory for like a lot of us. <laughs> but I had this realization like through that, that like I just didn't want to live that way anymore. Like I remember pulling up in the parking garage of my office and crying. And like when that happened, I just knew like I can't, this can't be my lifestyle anymore. Like I would rather die at this point than like continue to live in this way. And so I left my job on the tail end of a, or really in the middle of a pandemic, which I don't know if that was smart, but it's what I did. Started teaching yoga full time. Um, and yeah, and now I'm here. <laughs> and now I'm like, that yeah. was like the, that was almost like the ending of an old life. And, and that would have been in 2020. And I couldn't even picture you in heels. Yeah. Oh, every day. For, no. Every day in suits. So not I'll have to find a photo and like show you because it was like short, professional, like bob haircut, like well fitted custom suits, heels, like every single day. And yeah, definitely stark contrast from where we are now. But yeah, my new life like really started in 2020, which was interesting because it's like it's a time of so much death and so much like fear. And, And that was for me one of the most expansive times of my life, just like really starting everything over and choosing to live life a different way. I remember being on the phone with a friend and just telling her like, I was just crying. I was like, I just want to play with life. Like I've never played with life before. It's always been this like, I'm going to follow these steps to do this thing. You know, I'm going to study for the LSAT. I'm going to get this. And that was like college was preparing for law school. And then all of a sudden law school wasn't in the picture. So then I was in the workforce and then it's like, okay, 401k, where is my money going? How am I saving? How do I get these student loans paid off? Like it was just this like constant checkbox of achievement and it was never enough. It was never enough, especially in a sales role. It's like, it wasn't enough to hit my quota. It wasn't enough to exceed my quota. It wasn't enough to have three people on my sales team. It wasn't enough to have like a high performing month. Like it never felt like enough. And that was like all this internal like pressure that I was just living through. And I got to the point where I was doing really well in that job. And at the point where I was doing really well and was like finally making like good money for myself and doing the thing, that's when I was the most miserable, which Mm. was the funniest thing to experience because it's what kept me in that career for so long. I'm like, I just have to make it. Once I make it, then I'm going to be happy doing this. And then I, like, air quote, made it, and I was miserable. Did you know what you really wanted? I don't think I did at that point. I think, like, at that point, what I thought I wanted was, like, all the things that I was told I wanted, you know? Like, I was getting these, like, glimpses. Like, I was getting to travel for the first time, and I was getting to, like, kind of see, like, forms of alternative living that like were piquing my interest. But it was all very like work focused for me. Like I wanted my my clientele to be at a point where I could like run my own office. I wanted to move to a different place. I wanted to experience different places but my focus was on like, how do I open an office there? How do I build a team there? Like, how do I do this? It was all through the lens of like professional Kristen doing this thing for this company. All my goals were like centered around that. And I think I felt, I like really lost myself in that. 
And so when COVID came around and it's like, none of this is working for me anymore. It doesn't work for me to have 14 hour days every single day. It doesn't work for me to like have to claw myself into a yoga studio at 10 PM because that's the only time I feel alive. Like that's not going to work anymore. So I was getting these little like tastes. It was just enough to be tempting to like draw me into like, there's a, there's got to be a different way. I was definitely like at a point back against a wall. Like there has to be a different way. And that's when I like started making like big changes. Um, but yeah, started teaching yoga, which that was just the first time that I experienced work feeling pleasurable. Mm. That was the first time I got a taste of that. It's like, oh, I can feel good while making money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't know I was missing this. <laughs> like, I just didn't even know. I think even during COVID, I think we all were like, oh, yeah. wait, there's a different way. There's a different way. I mean, it was such like a powerful like activator in that way. Um, yeah. And then I moved back to Austin um, 20, I guess that was 2021. Two, beginning of 2022, maybe end of 2021. And um, I got back into sales because I didn't want a yoga teacher budget. So it was like my opportunity to like, let's see if I can go back to like this kind of like corporate, it was tech sales. So it's like the least corporate, like corporate thing you could do. And it was an easy job. They paid me pretty well to like send emails. Like I was probably working like three hours a day. It was just like, it was so chill. And I loved it. It was cushy. I had plenty of time to do all this other stuff. And I got caught in a round of layoffs. And I remember, though, right before the layoffs happening, it was a similar thought to when I was in sales before, where it was like, is this really it? Like, is this really it? My three hours in front of a computer sending emails and like cashing in whatever check they send me. And like, is this really all that life is? And that didn't feel right either. And then it was like a month later that like, I got caught in layoffs and at that point I was just like, I was like, who am I? It was again, like, who am I? It was another moment of that. And I was talking to the guy that I was dating at the time and living with and he's a Sagittarius and I was just telling him all these things. I'd never been fired before. I'd never been laid off before and I was taking it all personal and I was super emotional and he was like, if I were you, I would just like travel. Because they gave me a good severance package. And um, he was like, I would just take off and travel. And I'm like, of course you would, like Sagittarius. And But then when I sat with that, I was like, yeah, I think, I think I will do that. And so I went on this like road trip. Um, and it ended up being six weeks by myself, just like camping and hiking. And I set all these intentions of like, I'm going to find out who I am, you know, hands <laughs> hands on hips. I'm going to figure my whole life out. And it was just this really hilarious thing because it just took me deeper and deeper and deeper into the, the magic that's there and that's available. And it did some really powerful things for me, like really reignited my love and and passion for healing arts, for connecting with nature, for like this thing that we experience in psychedelic spaces that we don't really always experience in the 3D. Like it gave me this opportunity to be in that space for six weeks like in the mountains, in the grasslands, like on the coast. And um, 
really tapping into that. And it just showed me like, this is your path. And still didn't know what the fuck I was going to do with that though. It's like, okay, great. Like I spent six weeks like being fairy magic world. Like, okay, I know how to communicate with the earth now. Cool. (laughs) Like, cool party trick. And like, what do I do with this? Like I'm still going back to a world where I was laid off. I don't know what I'm going to do for income. Like now there's this whole new thing opening up. Like that road trip was where I decided to like go to massage school and like actually make body work a thing and deepen my studies with the human body and just seeing what's held there. All whispers, like all whispers even still. And it, but it was also just this profound, like, at least I'm on a path now that feels in alignment with who I am. And that felt really good. So I was like, I have no idea what's coming down the line, but, um, so I got back, started massage school, signed up for classes. There was a training starting like in two weeks. So I like get home, then two weeks later, massage school starts. And then I was like, okay, I need to make money. So what do I do? <laughs> and then I went and got a front desk job at um, like a holistic center here in town and wanted to, I don't, I was like, I don't know, at least I'll meet the right people if I'm here and I'll learn like about this environment and if it's something that I actually want to do and picked up these other like odds and ends, like very humbling jobs. And as I look back at that time frame, it's like everything I do now was built on that. Like I, I met all my clients through that work. I really found my modality through that work and found where my gifts and skills were. Um, And then now I'm here with my own studio space and I do body work. I do energy work. I teach yoga. Phenomenal work. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It feels so hard to even picture you as before this. Yeah. Because you're just such a steward to your path and to Mm. your work. Thank you. Deeply. Yeah. It's been, it's made for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was made for it. Yeah. It's, it's like, it feels really good. Like, I've had these meditations where I'll sit in it and it's like, God damn, like, I'll be at the end of a really busy work day, like a day that I've worked 12 hours and I'll be at the end of it. And I just, all I feel is like buzzy. Like, my body is tired, but the vitality, like, in my system is at an all time high. And it's like, this is what I get to do. Like, this is what I'm figuring out, like how to just be in my like fairy magic and people are paying me money for it. And like, this is what we're building a life off of. And that feels good. That Mm -hmm. feels good. And when I look back at the times where like I was in sales or I was doing things that didn't really feel aligned and I looked at it and I'm like, this is it. Like, this is what life is. And it felt so defeating. And then now to sit in this and like to look at that, it's like, oh, this is what life is. And this feels really, really good. And yeah, I feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And you're so embodied Mm. in who you are. I do want to bring up one thing that I want you to explain because it was from the moment I met you, I was like, there's something with this girl. (laughs) I don't know who she is, but I really fuck with her. (laughs) And then it was, we were at a class together and you brought up absurdity (laughs) and how you were meditating on absurdity yeah and it was just this soul plugging into your heart yes yes (laughs) yes so can you break down 
absurdity. absurdity. Yeah. <laughs> it's been this like I absurdity has become this whole ass like entity outside of myself. And it I, is an entity it now. Is. Ever it, since we spoke about it, I'm like absurdity lives as its own living it's entity. It's the wildest thing. And it like wants to be acknowledged. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's the gesture. It's this, like, it, its sole purpose is to be this thing. And, like, all it wants is to, like, be seen and heard. <laughs> and, like, it's doing all these crazy things just so we'll look at it. And it's just this really hilarious thing. But, yeah, I was, um, I don't remember exactly how it came up. But, uh, it, it might have been, like, you and I talked about how I had this big bill that came through. And I think that might have been the we first at, time. We were at the yeah. dance class. Yeah. Yeah. And, and after you were like, this was absurd. It was so great. <laughs> yeah. We were and just like, dancing and getting down. Yeah. yeah. And, like, in that class, like, absurdity definitely came through. And it came through, though, because I'd been meditating on it for, like, a couple weeks and just really sitting with, like, because I had this moment where I like looked at something almost in a negative way. And I was like, this is absurd. <laughs> like, this is fucking absurd. And like feeling agitated. Yeah. And it was over a bill. It was. Yeah. yeah. And I, I it, it was just this really like funny thing. And I just remember like, s- like closing the email, closing the computer and like, <laughs> <laughs> like just sitting with like, oh, this is absurd. And the more times I said absurd, the more I was like, what? What is, is absurd? It? Like, yeah. what does absurd actually mean? Like, what does it feel like? And I started breaking it down. And it, from there, it just, like, turned into this whole, like, thing. But I had this, like, I was on a morning walk. And I was just, like, really zooming out. And I was thinking about just, like, this spinning rock <laughs> that we all live on and, like, record podcasts <laughs> like go grocery shopping on and like but it's this giant put it on the internet yeah all the people (laughs) give peanut butter to the dogs you know like uh, it's just but we're on this massive spinning (laughs) rock that somehow somewhere along the line created like this life that we're living now and um, and I was just kept zooming out and zooming out and zooming out. And it like, the more I zoomed out, the weirder it got, like the weirder <laughs> it got. And I was just, I'm on this walk, like probably looking like an insane person to like everybody I'm walking past. Cause I'm just like, you know, just in it. But it's like, we're on this like shine. I mean, if you think about like the crystals that we find, like our earth is like filled with those crystals and they're like bright and colorful and shiny So we're on this, like, shiny, spinning rock that's molten fire on this, like, in the center uh, that has created humans and our natural world, trees, plants, breathable air, food that we eat, like... All of these things. And so I started zooming it out and then I brought it to the micro and and it's like, okay, I've got this like one thing that I would label as like negative or stressful or whatever that I've given the title of absurd. What's something in my life that like I really love that's like feels really good that I'm grateful for that's like equally as absurd. And like for me, kind of my lifestyle now feels really absurd. And I just started like tracking everything back and like, where did this all start? Like, where did this 
initial desire come from? Like what stage of life was I in that like put me on this path? And so what I learned about absurdity is that it's like, it's this thing that at first glance feels so random. It feels so out of place. It feels so out of the ordinary. And it gets to us in this like weird ass way. Like every single time we talk about the butterfly effect and it's like, I feel like that's this word absurd is like this word that has put the, like brought the feeling of the butterfly effect occurring. And so when we were at V's class at this, you know, essential embodiment class, I get to the end of it and I'm like, this is fucking absurd. (laughs) Like, it's just absurd. Like to have these women, and I used to teach naked yoga too. And it's the same feeling for like naked yoga, like getting women in a space to do this. It's women in a space. Yeah. And we're Doing what we would have done, what we would have gotten burned at the stake for doing Seriously. so many years ago. Yeah. yeah. Just and then dancing, freeing ourselves, mm-hmm. um, coming together, getting in a circle, singing, mm-hmm. releasing, mm-hmm. releasing anger. Yeah. And it's so powerful. It's really powerful. And it is. It's like, I mean, there are parts of the world where women would still be killed for doing yeah. stuff like this. I mean, you feel it when you're doing stuff like that. Yeah. You feel, I feel my lineage. I yeah. feel... Yeah. The panic in my body. The, yeah. Is this am safe? Am I safe mm-hmm. to let this out of me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I safe to express myself in this way? Yeah. It's deep-rooted in I our mean, DNA. we're sitting there like humping the air <laughs> in the ground and like gyrating our hips. And it's like, damn, like there, there are contexts, right, where like this legitimately would be unsafe. Mm-hmm. Like if I was by myself on a street at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and, you know, a neighborhood that's not the safest. Like I, if I was doing this, I would draw attention to myself. That's deeply unsafe. And that's like now, and that's here. And so to get to experience something like that in a safe way and like let my body feel these things and like, let my body feel this dance, let my body feel this like scream that like wants to come out just like, (sighs) it's like, it's absurd. Yeah. It's it's absurd. it's absurd that we even got to this point right. where we are wondering if it's okay to do this. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just been this like really hilarious journey. And like since like just this, everything becomes a cosmic giggle too. You know, like even you and I meeting, like you came to an event that I hosted at my space that like wasn't supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Like I had just moved in and I had no idea. What I the moved f- to Austin four days before the oh event. My I got God. a DM from a girl saying you should go See, to I didn't this. even know about yeah. that little detail. Yeah. But like it, it's, it's, it's all absurd. It's all like so absurd. And the more that I like sit with that word and like hold it in my heart, like as I meditate, everything just becomes so like, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, like why not? Like why not communicate with spirit babies? Like <laughs> <laughs> why not? Like you know, it it just gives permission. I think I think absurdity gives permission. And it lets to it let things be what they are for what they are. Yeah. Because that's, that's the art. so much of when you first said it, I mm-hmm. was I just felt this yes. Mm-hmm. It is absurd and it doesn't have to be so serious. No. And in fact, like it's not supposed to be. Yeah. Like, and I really think that that like 
And it's, I've been doing just so much work around like really honing in like my like feminine energy and like feeling at home in that. And I think it's like this correction Mm -hmm. from where I was for so long, like so in my hyper-masculine, like whether that was from protecting myself or just the style of my work that was going on, like deeply in my masculine energy. So to allow this like feminine energy to come through, like she flows with it. Like the feminine energy trusts, like we talk about surrender and like the root of surrender is like being able to trust. Mm. And we even talk about that with the dynamics between like men and women in relationship. And it's like, there's kind of this new, this might derail, (laughs) but there's like, I feel like there are these new dialogues between how feminine and masculine interact with each other. And it's like, there's this expectation for the masculine to show up in a certain way. And there's this expectation for the feminine to show up in a certain way. And it's not even fair. And it takes out this absurdity factor. And there's this, there's this thing where like, I can surrender if I trust the space to surrender to. So like within myself, I'm like where my masculine comes in is like, I just need to build this like safe space so that I can do all these like weird, quirky, like things so that I can be in my fullest expression and it's my job you which is just me yeah and like as we relate to other people it's like I can surrender to other people that are also like creating that safe space and creating that structure and I think even as like women commune together where we all deeply want to be in this like feminine expression to have like a safe container for that to happen and a space that's like actually being held and like with structure and with guidance and like really being able to feel that it like shows us how much we really can express and feel and like that feminine energy only expands and it explodes and it does everything that it's supposed to do supposed to do but um yeah absurd it's all absurd like I just want to be absurd all the time yeah. now <laughs> like it just because I think that's how it should be mm-hmm. I think it's how it should be mm-hmm. Yeah, and it drops you into your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Because the truth is we're all absurd, and it is all absurd, and all of it's absurd, and it's just – oh, it's a wild ride. It's such a wild ride. And I was talking – I had lunch with some friends yesterday, and I was telling them that it makes me – all my social things now are, like, (laughs) meditation-based, like, (laughs) psychedelic-based, yoga-based. Like, this has become my social outlet – And I was telling my friends, like, and I got kind of emotional as I was telling them this because I saw, like, how for so long I was trying so hard to, like, keep up with the partiers and keep up with – and I love – like, I'm a triple Leo. Like, I love a party. Like (laughs) I love a triple Leo. (laughs) I mean, I just, like, I love it. I'm here for it. And, like, there's this, like, inner sensitive weirdo that's, like, she's wanted – to be nourished for so long. And I haven't like created the space for her to do that. And it's like now, like all my social engagements are like we show up and we meditate together, you know, (laughs) and like we show up and we dance together and like we're healing together. And it's like, that's, we're doing doing meditation training together. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, it's this, like, this has become the social outlet and that is my truth. Like I want to be a weirdo. I want to be this like mystic fairy human that like helps people feel better. And 
to like see the absurdity of life that I had to experience to get me here, to feel that and to know that and to accept that and to celebrate that and now to create a business around that. And it's just all this, but yeah, truth. Like in order to be in the absurdity, we have to be very anchored in our own truth because otherwise we get swept away in the absurdity, I think. And it's it's just this really fascinating dance. So how did the body work come? And I also have a question. Were you yeah. always, you know, you plant medicine, yoga, body work. When did that all come into your sphere? Uh, Has that always been a part of who you are, just on the kind, sidelines? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was like a kid that had imaginary friends that my parents were side-eyeing. Like, oh, yeah. I don't think these are imaginary. <laughs> you know? like, I've just always been a very perceptive kid. Like, yeah. I, I have seen, like, I remember clearly seeing, like, ghosties and ghoulies and, like, mm-hmm. being like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, mom, there's, like, a little girl in the living room. Did you invite someone over? Like, that was, like, I've always been tapped into this, like, mystical realm. Um, psychedelics came into play in college, and I really loved them, <laughs> you know, because it's, like, there was this awareness of perception that I had where it's, like, I'm perceiving things that not really everybody else perceives. And when I enter into plant medicine space, I almost feel more comfortable there than I oh, do. Oh, yeah, me too. I feel, I mean, I'm like, it's just, I'm home, baby. Yeah, it's like all yeah. these things that I was perceiving, like I can actually see yeah. and I can interact with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it just this really, it's opened up a lot. That, that I started like LSD mushrooms like in college, definitely more on like a casual standpoint. Less ceremonial. Uh, definitely less ceremonial. <laughs> uh, it was very much like drop a tab of acid just because I felt like it on a Saturday afternoon, you know. Um, but I really loved it. I loved psychedelic space. And I loved, um, I think I had a pretty similar path with a lot of kids when they go to college where I experienced like really big depression for the mm-hmm. first time. Like it's an overwhelming sense like I moved away from this tiny town I had never really spent time away from my family and like next thing I knew I was five hours away in a big city yeah and, um totally alone and yeah I like got on hormonal birth control which I didn't realize at the time was so like like just anyway like that's a whole nother soapbox but um lots of depression and then I would enter into this psychedelic space. I would eat these like dried up mushrooms that tasted like dirt. And for like six months, I felt good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, there's something here. There, There's something here for me where it's like something's happening in my brain that like really enjoys this space. Like while I'm in like crazy psychedelic world and then when I'm out of it, I feel better in my body. Um, and so that was college, just a lot of playing, a lot like very reckless, you know, um, uh, didn't really touch them for a while because I was in this like very focused like work mode. Like when I got into that first sales job, it's just like I'm gonna give this everything. So I was like suit, you know, wore heels every day, like serious oh, wow. grown up. <laughs> oh, t- like night and day difference from you know who I am or what I represent myself as now. Um, so I took a break from like psychedelics for a while, but I always enjoyed smoking cannabis and. She's always been like a really cool ally for me. And uh, I enjoy 
like that space. I enjoy being high, you know, mm -hmm. like that's definitely a part of like my story. And with even like entering into ceremonial spaces, like I, I love them. Like I love that altered state. I love being able to see like what's around me in a different way. And um, just full on weirdo, you know, and I just get to be that in psychedelic space. And um, ceremony probably like 2020, I started putting together retreats. Um, and we worked with Wachuma. We would bring in Wachuma um, shamans. I call them my, sh my swamp shamans. They're out in Louisiana, but they serve Wachuma. And so that's when I started. That's when I was introduced to like the ceremony of psychedelics. Mm. And especially with these like older lineage, like plants, like the San Pedro cactus, peyote, ayahuasca, like these deep lineages have this like beautiful ritual around them and they keep you safe. Like the ritual keeps you grounded and keeps you safe. And when the shamans are like trained in these lineages, the ceremonies are beautiful because they know how to like navigate not only the present like uh, representation of this plant, but they know like the history of mm -hmm. it. So they know how to navigate all these energetics. And so entering into ceremony space, like only deepened my reverence for this like psychedelic space and it's really cool it's really really cool um so that's been for a few years yoga has been a part of my life for a long time since I was like 18 19 years old um, not as consistently probably got consistent like seven or eight years ago um but it's always been a deep same thing it's the same mysticism it's the same like yeah I can feel energy moving I can like yoga is so oh, incredible really it like it saved me so many times <sighs> yeah I mean, there were parts of my past where, like, my only safe space was in a yoga studio. Yeah. Yeah. This, the, this fall, when I got to Austin, after I did my first plant medicine ceremony, I just, every day was like, yoga, 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 <laughs> yoga. I'm yeah. safe here. I'm okay here. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of times that I have, like, posted up in the back corner, it was always the back right corner of the room, and I would just cry. Yeah. I mean, I would just cry. Like, get halfway through a flow, and something would crack, and I would just lay there and just sob, like... Yoga was my first access to ceremony space. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's why I have so much appreciation for Suka, where, you know, we've connected to is because they hold ceremony there. It's a ceremony. Yeah. The whole flow is a ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really special. It's very special. Mm -hmm. And then what were you doing for work while you were doing this? Oh, odds and ends jobs. It was like the most humbling, like the most humbling part of my life to date I was like working front desk at Alive and Well which is like an amazing like I don't know if you've been out there but yeah I have really beautiful holistic like healing center I was working in the front desk um I started working at a place called Stretch Lab mm -hmm. where I just I was like I just want hands-on body experience like I I feel pretty comfortable with it just from teaching yoga and I feel comfortable with the language of the body and felt really comfortable with what I was learning in school but I just wanted my hands on as many bodies as possible. So I got a job at Stretch Lab and I was teaching yoga and just like barely making ends meet. But I it had this, I had this realization that it was like my apprenticeship year. That I'm just gonna be an apprentice. So this like humbling life stage of like barely making any money, of just like feeling like I'm doing, I mean, working a front desk, it was like really hard for me to like mm -hmm. sit at a front desk and like schedule people and do the thing. But I knew it was me like learning how the business worked, mm -hmm. learning how like the industry worked, like learning, like, is this an environment that I want to work in or do I want to go work for myself? Like, 
So it played a deep role, but it took a lot of humility to like be okay with it. When you decided you wanted to do massage school, were you just like, this is, I'm going to ground my feet into this path? I think even when that choice was made, I was like, yes, I mean, it's a full send. Yes. Like, you know, I'm paying the tuition. I'm doing that. I'm making the commitment. And if God has shown me anything up until this point is that nothing's ever certain. And the moment I find myself clinging is also the moment it's going to get taken away from me. Mm -hmm. Like that's just it. That's Mm -hmm. life. And so to like fully answer that question, like, yes, it was like a full commitment and a lot of curiosity as to like what would open up as far as career path. And, um, but also this like deep knowing and awareness that like, this is a tool Um, this is a modality that of course, like I would love to like give, serve through and also like a deep knowing of like, this can also get taken away like that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's also a part of it. Mm -hmm. So it was like more, a lot of curiosity, a lot of curiosity was there and commitment to the path, you know, but I still don't, I don't consider myself a massage therapist. I don't consider myself even a body worker. It's like, I'm a fucking weirdo. So what did you do like then? Trying to, what do you mean? So you took that, mm-hmm. you took, because now you have your own practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do the body. I mean, I, I do body work. I practice body work. Mm-hmm. It's a modality. It's a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of energy work. I do, I, I, I have essentially crafted, and I can say this with confidence, like crafted this foundation where I get to earn an income, serve my community, um, provide for myself by like being a weirdo, Mm -hmm. like honest to God. Like I I get clients in for energy work sessions and I do like womb activations with women and um, absurd, like absurd things. Like we're we're playing with things that like we don't like I I see in the three-dimensional space, like I'm aware of, I perceive – and I'm like walking clients through perceiving those things. And it, like, it's silly. It's so silly. How but, did you get the confidence to do it? Um, having everything taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Having like, having this like feeling of start over. And it's happened a few times. Like at the beginning of last year, I, uh, the apartment that I was living in was just infested with mold. And it actually like, I had a near-death experience. Like I had a horrible allergic reaction to the mold and went into anaphylaxis and it was like this whole thing. Almost died. Had to get rid of like all my stuff. Uh, I remember moving my remaining things into a storage unit and it fit into like two or three boxes. And, you know, having a couple other moments in my life where I just well, you know, this layoff thing that led to the road trip, like having these big rugs pulled out from under me and just realizing how fleeting it all is. Mm -hmm. So why not do it? Mm. You know, like life's too short. Like life's too short. And I have too many weird ideas going through my head to not just be like, sure. And I have this conversation with God all the time where I'm like, if like I'll have this intuitive thing come in where it's like go down this path and I'll tell God it's like make it easy. Mm. Just make it so easy for me to like say yes to this because like that's like the only way I know how to flow with it. And, you know, so the confidence like have everything taken away a few times 
And then you start to learn that it doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. That like, even if this, you know, fails, even if I don't make any money and I have everything taken away again, it's like, okay, I've done this three other times. I'll do it again. Like, if I've proven anything over the past 30 years, that I'm resilient as fuck. And, yeah. like, I'm a fucking cockroach. Like, you're not yeah. getting rid of me. <laughs> you know? Like, I resonate with that so much. <laughs> we're going to find a way. Yeah. Like, we're going to find a way. And it's, like, it's fine. And Yeah. And, yeah, I, I but I, I have. I've had moments in my life where, like, on this road trip, one of the things I was considering was the story of Job from the Bible. And, mm-hmm. It's kind of dramatic, but I kind of felt like I was there. Like I, uh, you know, this character that just like was so devout to God and so like pure in his heart. And then just like picturing the absurd conversation that happens between Satan and God and Satan's like, well, test him. If you test him, you'll see like where his faith is. And so then the story unfolds that Job has just thing after thing after thing taken away from him. And covered in hive or covered in like sores on his body like loses his wife and like just all his crops are taken away his herds are taken like everything that made this man who he was taken away and at every step he fell to his knees and praised god and i was really considering this it like kept coming up in my awareness and i remember being really annoyed by it on my road trip so i'm like i get it you know yeah. like okay <laughs> like thank you god yeah. you know <laughs> But then, like, the reality of it hit is, like, Job fell to his knees and prayed because he had nothing left. Yeah. He had nothing left. Like, the only thing that he had was, like, his faith. And when I realized that, I fell to my knees and I prayed. And there's there's something that happens in that moment of, like, losing everything and still knowing, like, I'm in a moment where I feel like all I have is me and God. And I don't even know if I have me, but like God's there, like whoever created all of this, like dark matter, universe, spirit, higher self, like whatever you want to refer to like this entity as, like they're always there. Mm -hmm. And there are points in our lives, but that's all we have. It's like all we have. And I think like the deepest confidence comes from that. Mm -hmm. You have no choice. You have no choice. So when you have no choice but to accept that, like, I'm here, God's here, something great's going to happen, then it, like, the details don't matter as much, you know? And yeah. human Kristen still comes out and gets stressed about really mundane minutiae. Um, and, like, I'm really proud that for the most part at this at this point in my life, like, I can kind of, like, see things and witness them and just be like, okay, like... And this is like where kind of our conversation started too, where it's like, okay, God, show up. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a lot here. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a lot where you show are. up. <laughs> I need your help right now. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, I don't even have to have like confidence, like the, the confidence that I have is in my ability to start over. It's in my yeah. ability to be resilient. And then I've got confidence in God to fill in the gaps. And mm-hmm. that is born from a place of like deep loss. and grief and sorrow and suffering and just knowing in those moments the only thing that brought me out was just like falling to my knees and being like just show me just show me and then within minutes within hours within days like it never failed I was shown so a very long answer to your question but I I really think that's like where like true confidence comes from I agree I couldn't agree more yeah yeah those are the most humbling moments in your life. And it's 
for me, I'm like, if I can make it through that, that, yeah. you know, we're all trying to not be there. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to be on their knees feeling like they have right. nothing. And every time I'm in that place, I always, I always think to myself, like, if I can make it through that moment, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I, I think there's this piece too with the plant medicine experiences yeah. where it's like, you die. Yeah. Your soul <laughs> leaves your body. Yeah, and you die. And you die. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that, you know, the death before the death. Yeah. Like, I experienced that so oh, fully yeah. on my second one. And it was like, God was there. And the whole time I'm trying to find the answer. Mm-hmm. I was like a bull in a pen, mm-hmm. literally. Like, if you would have seen, if they had like a security camera on the room. <laughs> I was literally on my hands and knees going like this <laughs> for three hours. I love that. And like banging my head up against stuff, mm-hmm. just, you know. And then I looked up and I looked at the facilitator and I was like, this is stupid. This is stupid. This mm-hmm. is stupid. And finally, as the whole thing went on, um, I eventually just had this moment and it was like God in me. And it was like, you have to give your life over to God. I am you and that's the answer and that's mm-hmm. all. Um, and uh, for a week after that ceremony, I was so upset because I was like, yeah. I died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's a trip. Like it's a trip to uh, to experience that. And like there's this whole – I had that near-death experience last year. And I mean it, it – I'm a I'm a Leo, so I I do get dramatic, but like this truly was like I felt like I remember being in my bathroom, I could feel my throat closing, I could feel the chest tightening, I could like feel these things happening. I remember looking at myself in the mirror and being like, "Is this it? Is this how I go out? Like by myself in a one bedroom shitty apartment filled with mold? Like is this really like it?" And I remember like looking at myself and being like, "This is it. This is it." And I remember taking a breath. I haven't like talked about this a whole lot, so it still is kind of like charged. But mm-hmm. I remember taking a breath. I remember feeling my entire body softening. I remember giving into it. Mm-hmm. I remember dying. I remember things, everything going black. I remember not being in my body. And then I remember being back in my body. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I could take a full breath. I was like, yeah. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. What? And, uh, yeah, we get psychedelics do the same thing. They take us out and they put us back in. And on the other side of it, we're like, uh, excuse me, I have questions. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, I I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am. I don't know. Like, and that's where we create everything from. Yeah. But it's the giving it. Can you give it to God? Can you give it? And Mm -hmm. can you let go of it? Can you like be with the open palms and just like. And take that breath. That. That's like the deepest breath of surrender. I remember my ceremony blowing out the candle. I was so afraid to do it to close the ceremony. And I had that kind of breath that like, (gasps) Mm -hmm. and I thought, oh my God, that's the breath. That's like the last breath one takes. And then I was breathing again. And it was just so, yeah. Mm -hmm. And even when I prepare, like I do plant medicine a lot less frequently now because I really have gained like so much reverence for it. But when I go to prep for it, like I sat with ayahuasca again back in October and leading up to that, I, I had this realization that like, okay, the only prep work that I feel like I need to really do here 
is prep myself to die. Mm. So that means like really take the dieta seriously so my body's not like clinging on to anything. Like um, I did a lot of cleansing. I sat with combo. I did like all these things to like just get shit out of my body so that I could like, it's a little bit easier to let go when you're eating rice and unseasoned fish for five weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a little easier to be like all right that's fine <laughs> you know, floating around in the ether for a while um but that like prep like can I can I be like willing to take that breath can I consciously choose to take that final breath and like to let go and um that's a really interesting place to be too. And so when we're like, you know, you and I have talked a lot about this, like starting the business and like, you know, figuring out like manifesting in money and just all these things. And it's like, it's kind of that same game, it's that same willingness. Cause it's, it's pride that keeps us from really giving things to God. Like I, I had this meditation a while back and I remember, I don't even remember what I was, I was processing at the time. I'm pretty sure I was just being like really dramatic about something. And um, I just remember like sitting at the foot of my bed and just like crying and just stressing and just like all these things or just like felt like they were weighing so heavy. And I finally like in that, I was like, God, I give it to you. Like it was almost this like frustrated, like you just take it. Like I don't want to hold this anymore. I don't want to like, I don't want this, like this suffering. I don't want it. And like God's response in that moment was, okay, will you actually let me in? Mm. Yeah. And then I started crying again, but then it was just this like releasing cry of like, oh God, like all these times where I've like tried to give things away. I'm like trying to, it's like trying to give something to somebody with your hands like clenched in fists. Yeah. Like they can go Here to you go, but I don't really want to no, give it to I'm you. But I'm not going to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I was doing yeah. with like all my suffering. And so like God showed me in that meditation, like just open the fucking hands. Like, can you actually let me in here? And it requires that, like open the palms, open the fingers, like let go of the clinging and actually give it and let him in to be able to actually take it why do you think it's so hard for us to just give it over it's survival yeah i mean it's survival like there are these mechanisms in our brains that are designed to keep us safe like we talk about fighting the ego and like ego death and dissolution of the ego and all of that is like a really powerful tool in like personal development and in personal evolution and like the ego plays this like really beautiful role like in our human existence like it gives us structure it gives us like rules to play by it gives us like an identity that's like important to form um and it's still though it's this like survival mechanism of like i know and i feel like i've been using this phrase suffering a lot but even in the suffering i know that if i hold on to this suffering it's still something that i know I know the pathways that are formed as this is the starting point. Um, I know that as long as this suffering, especially if it's been consistent in my life up until this point, I know this. This is a known thing. I know how to walk around it. I know how to avoid it. I know how to like distract myself from this. Like this is a very known thing in my life. And so the ego is going to cling to that just because it feels safe. And it's like a very deeply carved neural pathway that like this is a known 
And mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, we're going to cling to that like a fucking lifeboat, you know, like, of course we're going to, we want to stay alive. Like there's this like animalistic piece of our brain that's still like very much active, even though we live in a modern world where it's not necessary. Um, at least that reaction of clinging isn't necessary, but it's survival. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's so humbling when you finally Mm. just have those moments with God and you're like, oh, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> and I feel so much better. Yeah. But Always. it's that avoidance of just mm-hmm. getting yourself there, you mm-hmm. know, because it's like, well, it can't be that. Right. I can't get down on my knees and just give all my shit over. Yeah. Or trust that it's going to be okay. Because, you know, something that really tripped me after my deep connection with God in my my mushroom mm-hmm. ceremony where I was like, okay, I'll give my life to you. After I just had the biggest ego death and I was so upset because I was like, I don't know how to live now. Yeah. Because, the, and it kept being like your, even your work, it's like not you, it's like allowing God to move through you. Mm-hmm. And just for a whole week, I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. what now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because also when you have one of those moments with God, it's like your life is forever changed. It's like I just had that conversation with God or myself. You know, it's like it's never going to be the same. Yeah. It's never going to be the same. Yeah. And it's it's like New Age spiritualism and like personal development is this really like interesting world because we get the chance to experience like so many lifetimes in one like human existence and that's not uh normal historically you know like i i look at my parents and i love them and i see like what they've built and how they've expanded and you know my mom who was in the same career for over 20 years you know my dad who's same line of work and will probably retire doing the same line of work. And then I look a generation back and it's like, it's like this, this life was chosen and that's the path that you're on at all times. And this is how I will die. And that's a very like deeply ingrained, like societally accepted way of living. Um, And then we have this new generation that's come through, like our generation, the generations that follow us that see how fleeting everything is. I think technology has probably shown us this, like how things can evolve so fast and how we have access to things now that like we didn't have access to 20, 30 years ago. And um, we get this opportunity to live so many different lives, like in one lifetime. Mm -hmm. And it's this, it's crazy. Like I, I think about this sometimes, like you go do a past life regression session with somebody, right? And you're like learning about all your past lives, learning about the Akashic records. And then I think about everything that I've experienced just in the past. In this lifetime? Th- well, <laughs> the past three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, holy fucking the past shit. three or four years have been decades for many of us. Yeah. And so much has happened and so much change and so much evolution. And it's this just thing that we have access to now. Like we have the choice to make these like quantum leaps Mm -hmm. and like totally change our world within a matter of months. Like that's possible to us now. It didn't used to be. We didn't have the technology for it. We didn't have the awareness that it was even possible. Like there there are just things that have been unlocked in the past couple decades. Other people doing it. 
people you can connect into exactly. that can mirror that. Yeah. And just time is moving so differently. Like anything can happen. Anything can happen in yeah. a matter of weeks, yeah, days. I mean, yeah. My life has been drastically changing every single week. I even, yeah. when I looked back at my camera roll for the new year, just from the beginning to the end, I was like, that is a different human. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's a trip. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, even know yeah. how I survived some of the things I survived oh, this God. year, but it just goes to show that, yeah. to your point, it's like, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, like, there's... Even the things we're allowed to have the space to process now, like, even yeah. in the plant medicine space and really yeah. diving into the lineage stuff and the suppression we're holding and, you know, generations above us and all of that mm -hmm. wasn't... We we really do have the ability to be able to fully play there now. Yeah, because why not? Yeah. You know, like, if if the COVID pandemic showed us anything, it was just that, like, nothing matters. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I it, what the t pandemic showed me, I'll, I'll put it that way. Like what it showed me is that n nothing matters. All of this can change. You can make up your own rules. You can like, it, like live a different way. And I think a lot of people experienced that. And so there was this like whirlwind of change just for everybody. And the change happens through, there was a lot of death, you know, and now we find ourselves like in a time of like a lot of war that's occurring mm -hmm. around the world and um there there's something like very like Ramdas talks about death a lot about his relationship with death and how he would he spent a lot of time like sitting with people who were dying and um I guess we're gonna just keep going back to that that death and rebirth and that choosing death every time but there, there's something like really profound about it so we have this pandemic where a lot of people died we're in a time of war where a lot of people are dying mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a paradigm shifter. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of ego death. There's a lot of ego death. So mm -hmm. of course, like on the, like that is micro. And then on the macro scale, we have a whole race and generation of people that are choosing evolution, that are choosing like a different way, that are choosing expansion. To take another breath. To take another really? breath. Yeah. 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 I really resonate and just wanted to acknowledge the moment you said when you were in your shitty apartment having that moment because it's it's intense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And being faced with your mortality is really, yeah, it's, there's no words no. to be fully faced with your mortality because no. when you lock eyes with yourself in the mirror in those moments, you're like, wow. Yeah. What matters right now? You realize nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And if anything, it's like this catalyst for like, okay, if nothing matters, then how about I just like create whatever the fuck I want? Yeah. And so it's this new like reignition too of like, okay, if it can go that quick, then like what can I create with that same level of quickness? Mm -hmm. And um yeah, that was a really, uh, it put me on, I was in a, like a deep, like healing journey of my body last year. Like, I mean, mold is no joke. Like <laughs> one of my friends was telling me about it and she was like, Kristen, like mold exists by like killing its host. Like that's like what it does. Like mold, it, it's no joke. Like it, it seeks to like kill <laughs> and like it's, it doesn't fuck around. Um, but like for weeks after, like I had hives all over my body, like 
giant red painful whelps for like weeks. I couldn't wear makeup. I couldn't like be in heat. And like it, it was just this like really stifling like thing. And it like made me look at it like I was someone – I'm wearing makeup today just because I wanted to like – I knew there would be like recording. and But I don't really wear it much anymore. Mm-hmm. And it all like came from like this, like same thing, like confidence like coming from the depths of loss. Like I had whelps everywhere. I literally couldn't wear makeup. And so I was like showing up places and I, I – same thing, locking eyes in the mirror and being like, we're going to show up today. And it was this like very odd like feeling. It's something so small like wearing makeup. But – I felt incredibly insecure without my eyebrows filled in. I like have always had this weird thing with my nose. Like <laughs> it, like all these just like weird like things that like really don't, nobody notices. Yeah. Nobody notices. Yeah. And like wearing makeup helped me feel more confident. That's a story I told myself. And, um, you know, I'm from an East Texas town. Like you go out. Like anywhere you go, you're putting makeup and your hair is done. And like that's important. Mm-hmm. Um And so now I was faced with, you know, having to look at 30 years of patterning and being like, okay, I'm going to show up with giant whelps all over my body and no makeup on. Um, Maybe I fix my hair and that might make me feel better. (laughs) But like, it was like this deep acceptance of self. And as soon as I had a day where I like looked at myself, I'm like, oh, there's beauty here. There's like appreciation here and I like saw my eyes and I saw my nose and my cheekbones and like all these things that like maybe I was a little insecure about before. I'm like, oh, there's beauty here. And as soon as that acceptance came in, the whelps started to lift and started to go away and like the hives started to like retract. And Wow, isn't that just so um, appropriate for what we're speaking about? It's like when you just fully surrender mm-hmm. and you fully give it over, it mm-hmm. clears. Always. And like even with, you know, I, I was experiencing this like deeply physiological like thing and like I knew, and I'm just a big believer in the quantum space anyway. Like anything we experience is a manifest, like a physical manifestation of something going on like out here in the energetic world. And even in this allergic reaction, I remember like my first call was to my energy worker. And I was like, I need to schedule a session with you. (laughs) And like, that was the first step of feeling like alleviation of my symptoms was going through an energy work session. And so getting to experience that moment of like, oh, like she's beautiful. Mm. Like Kristen's strong. She's confident. She's gorgeous. Her body is healthy and fit as hell. Like, so what? There are like red spots everywhere right now. Yeah. And I had this moment of really accepting myself. And then that's, yeah, when things really started to clear up. And I think, I mean, that's just, it goes back to like that conversation of death and like Mm -hmm. just seeing it's like all of this can get taken away. So like be grateful for it when you have it and like make a commitment to build with it. And everything else just gets really easy, really simple. At least it's what I found. It's true. Yeah. I'm so glad we had this conversation. I'm so glad we talked about what we talked about. Yeah. Feels so appropriate mm. and so right. Mm-hmm. And just so nice to have. I've never been able to speak with someone about this really I've I've said the death process, but just in such detail. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a really um I don't know, there's no words for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I go around, I'm like, I died, I've died, I've died. You know, but it's, no, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it's really poignant. It's, it's really poignant to, like, dig into you because there's, there's, I mean, we call it the void, right? Yeah. We have all these, like, spiritual lingo terms for ultimately death. And it's like, in yoga, we have shavasana. It's the, the yogic death. Um, and then we have our fetal posture coming back out. It's that, like, symbolism of being reborn new eyes, new heart, new body. Um, but death is just as much part of this world as life is. Um, I do doula work as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So that's, I'm, I'm facilitating my first birth this spring, wow. which I'm really excited about. But there is like, it, it was really interesting when I agreed to go. This is one of my pathways where I'm like, God, if you want to like, if you want me to do this, make it so easy. Yeah. And God did. And I did the training and it's been a whole thing. But um, as I've gone down that path of considering this as like a service that I like offer to my community, like I have come into contact so many times like with death. So I had my own like near death experience. I resuscitated someone off the side of the road. No way. Yeah, it's like fucking wild shit. Like really, really weird encounters with death. Mm. Um, of course, plant medicine ceremonies, we experience a lot of death. And um, yeah, it's just it's been a really interesting thing. And the only thing that I can like really glean from it as far as like the importance goes is just really having deep reverence, like deep, deep reverence for how interwoven life and death are mm -hmm. and how like you can't have life without, without death. death and you can't have death without life. And it's all the same fucking thing. It's all the same thing. A meditation is the same thing as dying, you know, yeah. like it's, it requires the same level of letting go. It requires yeah. like the same level of presence. Like it feels the same. Mm -hmm. When we slip into sleep, when we slip into like a deep meditative like trance-like state, like speaking from experience of feeling my body like dying in an allergic reaction situation, like it feels the same to the point where it was kind of scary for me to meditate after experiencing that because I'm like, <laughs> I'm a little gunshot. <laughs> I don't want to die right now. <laughs> yeah. But it's the same. It's the same feeling. And so it, it, it's empowering for me now to choose death and to like choose it and everything that I do and knowing that every time I step into that space of death it's like bringing back the hummingbird it's like for the purpose of like creating new life every time every time and I might resist it I might get drug clinging to the floor like by my feet like but it's an inevitable piece of this process so then it's like, okay, do I choose the suffering of hanging on or do I choose the death and choose to like just step into the and other side And the sooner you choose that. Oh my God. The sooner you are in the divine path of creation, building this next level wave of self, of creativity, of what you want to do, who you want to be. And so it's in order to do that, you have to die first. You have truly. to. You have to. Truly. Yeah. It brings in everything that you want next. And then when you're ready and life sees that it's time for another cycle, you go in again. Yeah. And you choose it over and over and over again. I have all these times where I kind of giggle, like, because uh, we talk about, like, the soul contracts and, like, um, 
I, I have a pretty like solid connection to the realm where souls exist before they come to earth and meditate there quite a bit and communicate with like spirit babies and angels. And it's just this really interesting thing. And I learn a lot from that space. And it is, it's like active choice, it's active choice to like come to earth. It's active choice to like find who your mom's going to be, who your dad's going to be. Like there's so much that's going on in this realm that is like curating an experience for the soul to come through and have here on earth. And we get to experience that like all the time. Every time I make a new choice for myself, it's that like I, I picture like little soul bubble Kristen sitting up in the outer realms and like jumping into like the portal of going to earth. Like I picture that and it's kind of giggly to me. It like works into the absurdity as well. But like every time I make a choice and I can feel it, like I feel it in my body there. And I'm sure you've experienced this too. Like when you make a choice and you can tell, like you can tell that everything is changing mm -hmm. from this choice and mm -hmm. it like runs like a quiver down my spine, but it, it like, it's this really interesting thing and it's all a choice. Like there's nothing that happens by accident. There's not like whether it's a conscious choice or an unconscious choice. Like I think our path of enlightenment is just making more conscious choices. Absolutely. Than unconscious choices. And I really do think it's that simple, but it's always a choice. It's always a choice to die. It's always a choice to take on a new life. Like it's also a choice to like not take on a new life. Like that's a choice we make. I certainly have patterns that I'm like, I'm kind of okay with this one for now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready for this one yet. I'm, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hang on to this one for a little bit yeah. longer. It seems menial in the grand scheme of I'm things. I'm like, I know it's not serving me, but I'm going to veto that one for like, we'll revisit that in like three, four months. Yeah. Six, maybe. Yeah. I kind of like it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to choose my battle yeah. here. <laughs> but it's like, but it's all a choice. And I think like, I, I just, I come back to like empowerment. Like I like having that choice. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was, I was in a relationship for a long, I mean, almost 10 years. And towards the end of it, I had very little choice. Like there are parts of that relationship that I would like label as abusive and that like very toxic to like young people, not at their best. And in the process of that, I gave away all my power to this other person. And so it's been like a, mission since like let's call it 2018 where it's like I, I'm empowering myself here like I'm if there's any lens to look at life it's just like really truly seeing the amount of power that I have and that means owning my fuck-ups mm -hmm. that means like in that meditation of absurdity and holding the suffering and seeing all the steps that brought this suffering here all those steps are choices that I made Mm -hmm. or that I said yes to that like brought me, I created this suffering. It wasn't just plopped in my lap. I created this. And so like taking ownership of that process and what that does when I take ownership of that is that when I go to project out future manifestations, when I go to project out like what I want to call in, like whatever, it's that same level of it requires that same level of ownership and empowerment. And it's like, that's a choice I'm going to continue to make because that's a choice of freedom and that excites me you know yeah so yeah I love your view on the world <laughs> and on <Thanks>. living life <laughs> just meeting you has really served me greatly just to be mm. like ah I'm just gonna 
shake it up a little bit, thank be a little you. lighter. Oh, thank you. For yeah. That. Yeah. I, I see the same thing in you. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, because at my core too, and it, we all are, we're just like yeah. goofy and like, the, I'm like, I really actually don't give a fuck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, I really don't at my core, but all these things yeah. and these patterns and, you know, just like what we're supposed to be afraid of and da-da-da. And, yeah, that's something that I've just really, when I can connect with my true essence, I'm like, mm-hmm. I really don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. And I'm weird but. and I'm fun and I like to dance <laughs> and I like to sing and I think fuck the system. And that's what I really think. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's it's cool. And I felt it from you, like the moment that I met you, like, you know, you came in to shop and it yeah. was just like, I could like feel you. I'm like, whoa, this woman's like doing some stuff. And like, she's, she's building. Yeah. Like, she's I came in with exp- a mission too. Yeah. She's... <laughs> focus yeah and just like seeing that unravel more and more just in the short time that I've known you it's like oh there's like kindred space here Mm -hmm. where it's like we're both like to meet someone that's on a path of like creating their own life like that's important for me right now is like knowing like the way I want to live life hasn't necessarily been in my field of vision for the past 31 years and like there's a part of that that's kind of like scary and Mm -hmm. I'm going through a program right now to be magnetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in this like part where they're talking about the expanders and seeing that and like seeing where I need to bring new expanders in. And I think about meeting you and seeing the things that you do and that you create. It's like, oh, like Kinsey is totally like an expander for me right now. Cause it gives me confidence to like, just keep putting one step in front of the other be louder with your weird yeah like be more colorful with the quirkiness like just show up like the way you want to show up and it's going to be painful sometimes you're going to cry yeah but on the other side of that is a lot of liberation so much Mm -hmm. because it's like yeah you can just be in your body ugh to f- like the class that the sensual embodiment class, like just oh, being, that, yeah, oh, just like being in that space and just like really feeling freedom. Yeah, I can be as weird as I want here. I knew I that's why when I saw you at yoga, I was like, hey, you have to come to this class with me because I just saw it in you. I was like, you're gonna like this because yeah. I love it. I'm just I let my freak flag fly oh, yeah. on it class I'm like ah. it's so much fun <laughs> and it's like it kind of it like reminds me of when I when I lived in Dallas I lived in this house I called it the hippie house it was like I was trying to get my feet back under me with some things and was living in this home with three other people and a kid found it on Craigslist like it was just this wild absurd path to put me in this we've house. all had a Craigslist room oh my god I've been there and <laughs> I just like found myself so often like what am I doing but I learned so much because any counterculture thing that you could be a part of like these this home was a part of you know mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons Burning Man like all these like really interesting corners of the multiverse these like people were playing in and I learned about polyamory from them and like I just learned like all these like very expansive like things from these people and things that I had never been exposed to before um but the Burning Man culture was definitely one of those like like full permission to just show up as you are and I like have been to a couple like regional burns so like smaller just more regional communities getting together and um, just like feeling okay to show up as me. Even if me is like uncertain and even if me wants to go like hide out 
in her tent for a few hours and let the mushrooms wear off, you know, like, (laughs) and sometimes that version of me is like the full send and the like fully being there and to like be a part of everything and to say yes and to feel safe in that. And uh, I'm so grateful to have been exposed to that because it's just like, there's nothing like burner culture. Like it's just so much fun and I just love it. And it's so like, it gives you permission to just like be weird And I look for that a lot in places. So the sensual embodiment class is definitely like, I love how at Suka they use the lion's breath a lot. Just like, like the full expression of that lion's breath is rolling the eyes back, opening the mouth is like sticking the tongue out, like getting loud with it, like feeling that like lion energy. And just allowing ourselves to be on earth. That's what it is. We're here. So let's just fucking be here. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you just keep choosing death. And yeah. Like, just stay there. So if we choose to like come back, choose to take that breath and like show up. Yeah. Just show up. See what happens. Fuck around and find out. Fuck around and find out. I love that. That's my mind. That's my literally my life. <laughs> I have a friend that she was like, I'm going to call it. She goes, fuck around and find out sounds so like aggressive. She's like, and so she's trying to think. She goes, frolic. Frolic, frolic around, around and find, find out. out. I'm like, I don't know. I kind of like the aggressive version, yeah. but the frolicking is cute too. Or maybe so. a softer <laughs> time in life. Yes. Less savage. There's time for the savage. Yeah. And there's Sometimes time for I feel frolic. so savage. <laughs> Very primal. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm so glad we did me. this. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this conversation and if you like this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you gave it a rating and review. This just helps the podcast grow and flourish and it truly means so much to me every time I hear from each and every one of you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. And to stay in touch, you can follow me on Instagram at Kenzie Burke. That is the home to all of my endeavors and then at bodyforward and bodyforward.com all things body forward please stay tuned as there is much to come and much much to launching from new programs to an entirely new membership platform that is launching in this new year in spring a modality that i have been creating um, that's been birthed out of pure necessity and that has been truly changing my life before my own eyes and i'm so thrilled to bring this to the world and to bring this to you and yeah so keep your eyes peeled march march is the month Um, and yeah stay in touch i'll see you on the next episode